man, I've just been so stirred up um, about the subject of healing. And you know, G- and we, me and Courtney have been talking about this. Jesus said in Matthew 24, in the last days, there will be plagues, there will be pestilences. So this is only, this is gonna get more and more. So now more than ever, we need to get the word of healing so deep on the inside of us that like, no matter what comes, I'm not backing off. I'm not backing down from the doctrine of divine healing. I will walk in divine health. Now is the time to make up your mind, regardless of if you have symptoms in your body, regardless of maybe your family members, whatever, it doesn't matter. Regardless of anything, now's the time as young adults, in this time, in this hour, we gotta make up our mind. I don't care what happens. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I believe the word of God. I believe the report of the Lord. That's what Isaiah 53 said. He says, whose report will you believe? Whose report are you gonna believe? The report of your own body, the report of your family, the report of the news or are you going to believe the report of the Lord and ultimately with everything that's going on and it's only going to get more there will be more pandemics Jesus said so and they will be worse they will probably be worse so now is the time now is the time to get this word so deep on the inside of you that it is real and it manifests in your life the word is not just hopeful whatever well you know yeah it's comforting no the word of God is for manifestation I don't know about you but I've made up my mind if the word of God is going to work for anybody it's going to work for me I don't care if I'm maybe not there yet I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on this word till I see it in my life and so I hope that all of our young adults, man, as a, as a group of young people and as, as a church, the Power of Love Church, we are going to be the strongest, the most healed, not one sick, not one feeble amongst the young adults at the Power of Love Church. Amen. Amen. And so anyways, so I'm, that's what I'm kind of going to talk about. So if you, if you didn't listen to the podcast, one thing I kind of mentioned is that, you know, the, and Pastor Jesse's been preaching out of Mark chapter 4. What is the first thing? When you receive the seed of the word of healing, the seed comes and immediately the devil comes to steal the word. And so I just want to encourage you, maybe you or someone you know or whatever, maybe in the future, if you have symptoms in your body, you don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to feel condemned. You don't need to feel like, oh, I don't have enough faith. Okay, no, it's okay. Because you have to understand that when you feel symptoms in your body or when an attack comes, you got to understand it's not an attack on your body. It's an attack on the word. And the word never loses a battle. Okay, so that's good news. When, when, man, when this became real to me, every attack that I experienced, which we're not even really being attacked, it's an attack on the word. It's not an attack on your life or your finances or whatever. It's an attack on the word that by his wounds, I am healed. And when you realize it, that it's an attack on the word, it makes you uh, double down. It's time to double down. It's time to quadruple down on the word. That's how I feel at least, man. I'm quadruple down on the word of God because you know the attacks on the word. If he's trying to steal the word, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to double down on the word. I'm going to hold fast to the word. And guess what? When you realize that and you let the word out of your mouth, um, I think Pastor Sandy said it before, the word is like a lion. The, the word never loses a battle. The word doesn't fail. So when you understand that the attacks on the word, you know you have the victory because the word doesn't fail. The word can't lose a battle. Whatever's born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And the word of God is born of God. It is Jesus himself. And Jesus is always victorious. He always wins the battles. And so I just wanna encourage you if, you, if you do get symptoms on your body, whatever comes in the future, you gotta hold fast to the word. 
Satan comes to steal the word, but the word of God falls on good soil here. And I know that, that we're gonna see that word come to pass in our lives. And so kind of one thing, this is a scripture, Colossians 3.16. Y'all can turn there if you want. I think I have it in the amplified version. Um, it says, and this is what we need to do now more than ever. It says, let the word spoken by Christ have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Man, that's real. It's got to dwell in you. And there's always deeper. You think, you think you've received a revelation on healing? I want to tell you that there's way, 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 way more that it could dwell in you richly. because this And this is so real because, man, I've had some revelations on divine healing, but there is no end to it. The word of God can always dwell in you more richly. And you have to constantly, how do you get it in your heart richly? Well, there's three, there's three windows to your heart, your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. So you gotta read it, you gotta listen to it, and you gotta speak it. You gotta get it in all three ways into your heart. You, when the word of God dwells in your heart richly, that is what builds a resistance on the inside of you. Because I don't know about y'all, y'all probably do, but I've seen so many Christians like no resistance. Like if they get sick, they're just like, mm. Yeah, we believe in healing, but they just kind of like ride it out. It's like, you gotta resist that thing. You gotta hate that thing. You have to have something on the inside of you, which is the word. When the word dwells in you richly, when symptoms try to come on your body, there is a hatred, there is a resistance. There is something that word on the inside of you begins to rise up and everything in that word begins to reject and resist what doesn't belong in your body. And it's the same with what Courtney was talking about, poverty. You gotta hate poverty. I hate living paycheck to paycheck until you're fed up and you hate and resist what Christ took in your place, which is part of the curse, sickness and poverty is part of the curse. You gotta hate that thing so much. And that's why when the word of God dwells in you richly, that's the only way. Cause you see people that have a casual attitude towards sickness. I'll tell you right now that they're not in the word. I'll tell you right now, they're not in the word because when you are so full of this word, you know what doesn't belong in your body and it makes you angry because you don't want the blood of Jesus to go in vain in any area of your life. And so that's why we need the word of God dwelling in us richly, making up our mind that there is nothing that's gonna back me off of this word, okay? But here's the good news. So maybe that kind of overwhelms you, but here's the good news. Philippians 2.13, man, this is good. Not in your own strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while at work effectually on the inside of you. He's the one energizing and creating in you the power and the desire to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it's not your own strength trying to muster up faith, gotta get healed, gotta walk in divine health, gotta believe in healing. It's not your own strength. And I see people that try to work themselves up into all kind of whatever, and it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. You don't have it in you. Reality check, you don't have it in you. It's the power of the word. It is God who is at work on the inside of you. God is creating in you power. God is creating in you power and the desire to walk in his will. Both things that you need. Because you know, even with hunger, being hungry for the, for, you know, you have to be hungry for revelation on this stuff. 
God will put the hunger you need on the inside of you. I don't know if y'all have ever tried to conjure up hunger, but it's pretty difficult. I've tried to do it and it doesn't really work out. You gotta say, Lord, I surrender to you and I trust. Trust, like Pastor Jesse said it Wednesday, you trust the one who started the work in you. He began your faith. He began, you know it's the grace of God that gave you faith to get saved? Hello, hello. It's the grace of God that gave you, you can't even get saved unless the Holy Ghost moves on you with his grace and gives you faith to get saved. You can't even get saved without the Holy Ghost and the grace of God. So thank God, thank God, we don't have to do all this on our own and try to conjure up and just gotta, uh. you, you, you rely on the Holy Ghost. All you gotta do is receive the word and then he creates in you this power by his word. He creates in you this power to walk it out. And so that's basically this scripture, John 1, 12. This is awesome. It says, to as many as did receive him, the word, as many as did receive him, he gave them the power to become. So your job is only to receive. So everything that I'm, you know, I'm going to be giving you a lot of scripture tonight. I'm going to be releasing the word about healing. You, your job to receive. Your job is to receive it and say, Lord, I believe this. This is mine. I take this. And then boom, the Holy Ghost is the one who kicks in and gives you power to become healed. Power to walk in divine health. Power to, to stand on that word and not back down no matter how you feel, no matter what comes, no matter the next pandemic. The Holy Ghost is the power behind the word that's gonna help you. So you don't have to rely on your own strength. You don't ever have to feel condemned. You don't ever have to be discouraged by anything that you feel, by anything that you see, because God is with you, he is for you, and he is the one that's gonna help you, strengthen you, and make this word of reality in your life. And so this really encouraged me a lot. So this is an example of exactly what I'm saying. In um, Luke chapter one, y'all probably know this story, I'll kind of summarize it with, um, Zachariah, so an angel of the Lord appears to Zachariah and tells him, you know, your wife's gonna give birth to John the Baptist and she was barren and basically Zachariah like didn't believe the word. He rejected the word. So he didn't receive the word, he rejected the word. And so God struck him mute and he couldn't talk until John the Baptist was born. But listen to this, as soon as he decided to get on board with the word, Look what happened. So this is Luke 1, verse 63. So, so, so he, Zechariah was not on board with the word. And then finally John is born. And then they ask him in verse 63, it says, then Zechariah asked for a writing tablet because they asked him, hey, what's, what's his name gonna be? And he wrote on the writing tablet, his name is John which is what the angel had told him. So as soon as Zechariah put, his name is John, God saw, he's on board with my word. He's received the word that I sent to him through that angel. So he put, his name is John. And God saw, boom, he received the word. And then what happened? This is good. At once, his mouth was opened, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, blessing and praising God. And then if you skip down in verse 67, then it says, Zechariah was filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, and he began to prophesy, saying, blessed be the Lord, because he's come, he's brought deliverance, redemption. Okay, so then he goes on to prophesy this crazy prophetic word. It's like awesome. But what encouraged me so much about this is obviously Zechariah was having a little bit of a faith issue, but as soon as he just made a simple decision, I'm getting on board with the word. I don't know how, I don't know what, how you doing this. This is crazy, but his name is John. As soon as he made the simple decision, I received the word. 
then boom, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. He is the one that's gonna make you be able to confess the word with boldness, confess it with faith. You'll begin to prophesy over your own body by his wounds. I know that I'm healed. I really believe the report of the Lord. You know, he bore my sickness. Jesus, you bore my sin. You bore my pain. You bore the chastisement for my peace. It was upon you and I am healed. And you don't do it by your own strength. When you make this decision, I'm standing for the word of God no matter what, then boom, the Holy Ghost kicks in. And that's what's so awesome. Joel chapter two, in the last days said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. You know what prophesying is? Speaking forth the word of God under the unction of the Holy Ghost. It's not your strength. There's something that bubbles up on the inside of you. When you hide the word richly in your heart, this word begins to bubble up in you and the Holy Ghost kicks in, you begin to prophesy. And I just wanna say as a personal testimony, I have literally experienced this pain in my body. And as soon as I walk in my prayer closet and I just say, Lord, I believe the report of the Lord. That's all you gotta do. I believe the report of the Lord. And then boom, the Holy Ghost falls on you. I don't know if y'all ever experienced that, but I'm praying that you do. The spirit of prophecy will meet you in your bedroom. The spirit of prophecy will come upon you. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And then boom, the Holy Ghost comes on you and you're like, oh man. You're like, oh yes, there is life in the blood. I've been redeemed. I've been ransomed from the curse of the law. No sickness can survive in my body. And it's no longer you trying to muster up something that's not there because you hide this word in your heart the holy ghost is the one that kicks in gives you power to speak forth that word because you can confess and confess till you're blue in the face it doesn't work if you don't have the holy ghost or if the word's not real in you if it's not doesn't have faith you can confess and confess but what brings power to your confession is the substance of faith and the anointing of the holy spirit so it's like you can try and confess but ultimately when you yield yourself to the holy ghost and allow him to help you then you begin to speak it forth with power and with the anointing and the anointing is what's going to heal and, and quicken your body and that's that's what's so awesome and it becomes so real and so i kind of already talked about this but you know that's why isaiah started off Isaiah 53, y'all can turn there if you want, I have it typed out here, but um, Isaiah 53, he starts out and he says, whose report will you believe? Who will believe the report of the Lord? Because, and then he says, and to whom of the arm is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is the power of God. So the power of God is manifested to those who make a simple decision that I'm gonna believe the report of the Lord. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of anything else, regardless of what other people are saying and doing, I'm making a decision to believe the report of the Lord. And then boom, the arm of the Lord is revealed to you. That means the power of God. The power of God is manifested on your behalf to make the report manifest in your life to make it real. And what is the report? You can begin to say it. You begin to say it over your life. Surely, hallelujah, surely Jesus has bore my sicknesses and carried away all my pain. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for my sin, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and with his stripes, I am healed. And you begin to say it and say it and say it and it's not in your own strength. It's by the spirit of God. And that's when the arm of the Lord is revealed to you. The power of God is manifested to you. And it's all by a simple, simple decision. 
I believe the report of the Lord. And you can ask Courtney. I was walking around the house the other day. I believe the report of the Lord. I believe the report of the Lord. You just got to do what you got to do sometimes, you know? You just walk around. You got to just say it, you know? And so, um, okay, so then I'm going to talk about how to walk in divine health. So I kind of mentioned this on the podcast for those of you who listened or didn't listen. Um, But anyways, so how to walk in divine health. Because, you know, you can believe in healing, but really as believers, and I I feel like I want, you know, as one of the young adult leaders, we want our young adults to walk this out as a reality. I don't want this to just be some cute thing that we talk about and none of us really experience it. I want this to be like our reality that like, hey, I don't get sick. Hello, okay. And so we can walk in divine health. So how do you walk in divine health? Well, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they agree? Okay, so you're, we talked about this, uh, I think, Sunday. Pastor Jesse talked about this. You're a mind, you're, you're a soul. I mean, you're, you're a soul, you're a body, and you're a spirit. Okay, so if we're going to walk, how can two walk together except they agree? So you got to get your body, your mind, and your spirit in agreement so that you can walk in health. You walk in health by getting your body, your soul, and your spirit in agreement. So your spirit is where your healing is. Your spirit is born again. So you got to tell your body what to do, and you got to tell your mind what to think. Because when they agree, then your healing is manifest, and you begin to walk in divine health. And this is something that's cultivated. You know, we have to renew our mind every day. And this is something that we're going to grow in, and it takes time. It takes day in and day out, consistently getting in the Word of God. You know, but, and this is a good scripture. So how do you get your mind and your body to follow what you know is true in your spirit? Because I think we can all agree. We know in our spirit, by his stripes, we are healed. So how do we get our mind and our body to follow? Well, the book of James Y'all probably know that scripture, James, he said, your tongue is the rudder of a ship. So the t- your tongue controls the direction of all three. So this is huge. This is huge. Your tongue is controlling the direction of all. So, so you may be going this way, symptoms, and then your tongue's like, I'm healed, and you begin walking into divine health. You got to use your tongue to steer yourself into divine health. So, I mean, then that can go in a lot of directions. You confess the word, you pray in tongues, pray in tongues, praying in tongues makes you healthy and strong. That's a side note. Um, but you got to talk to yourself. You got to talk to your mind. You got to talk to your body. I feel like it's more up here. It's more in the mind because your body's telling your mind pain. Your body's telling your mind, I don't feel good. This is not going good. You know, but you got to, your spirit's got to tell your mind what to think. And so I'm going to give y'all an example. So this is like one that I, um, a scripture that I love that I use on myself all the time. Uh, it's 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. Courtney probably knows where this is going <laughs> First Peter 1, 18 through 19. Man, this is so good. Just receive this word right now. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it wasn't paid with mere silver or gold, which lose their value. It was paid with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And so I looked up the word ransom because what is a ransom? Well, the ransom is a sum of money or a payment that's demanded 
demanded for the release of a prisoner. So you were once a prisoner to sickness. You were imprisoned by your body, imprisoned by your mind, imprisoned by sickness, imprisoned by pandemics. But then Jesus came along and he paid the ransom. He paid the amount of money that was needed for your freedom so that you can walk out of the prison of sickness. So now you walk around telling yourself, I, I've been ransomed from sickness. I'm walking out of the prison of sickness. I'm walking out of the prison prison of pain. I'm walking out of the prison of all these things that are trying to tell my mind that this and that and fear. You walk out of the prison of sickness. Walk out of that prison because you know the ransom has been paid. And this is the best part. It wasn't paid with a ransom like silver or gold. In case y'all didn't know, silver or gold, it changes value. It loses value over time. It's not the same. Even the blood of, of humans actually loses power over time. If you give blood it doesn't stay good forever. It loses its power. But there's one blood. Woo! There's one blood that doesn't lose power. It's flowing with the life of God, sustained from the beginning of eternity to the end of eternity. And that's what my ransom was paid with. It doesn't lose its value. It doesn't decrease in value. It's actually just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. So therefore, I'm walking out of the prison of sickness. I'm walking out of the prison of pain. I'm walking out of the prison of fear because the ransom doesn't lose its value. Glory to God. So you got to tell yourself that. You got to tell yourself. Think about it. You got to use your mind. And I, I talked about this on the podcast. Use your mind to envision yourself. Say you feel pain in your body. You envision yourself sitting in a prison of pain. You envision yourself getting up and walking out and feeling great. You got to use your mind to believe the word of God. You got to use your mind. And so, you know, actually, I'm going to read another scripture as I'm thinking about that. This wasn't planned, but if you go to Revelation chapter five, this scripture is very powerful. Speaking of using your mind, this is something that I actually, I do. I use this scripture to imagine, to imagine Christ the healer. You got to think about Christ the healer. You got to meditate on Christ the healer. So Revelation chapter five, John's having a vision and he says, uh, Revelation 5, 2, he says, I, straw, I, I saw a strong angel announcing in a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll? And then John says, no one in heaven or earth was able to open the scroll. And he says, I wept audibly and bitterly because no one was found to open the scroll. So John is weeping. He's like, there's nobody. There ain't nobody. But then it says one of the elders said, stop weeping, stop weeping. See, the son of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He, and then it says, I see a lamb standing as though he had been slain. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the resurrected, glorified body of Jesus carries the marks of our redemption. If the lamb looks like it was slain, there are scars in his body. There are scars in his body. The marks of redemption, the stripes are there on his back. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's interceding for you. And you know, you can envision it. Close your eyes and envision it. There's stripes on his back. There's holes in his hands. There are, there are wounds on his brow where the crown of thorns sat. You know, the, the thorn is the symbol of the curse. Everything Courtney was talking about, poverty, sickness, everything of the curse, he wore it on his head, the crown of thorns. And guess what? The wounds from those thorns are still on his
glorified, resurrected body. So when you envision Christ the healer, you're not envisioning him dead on the cross, but you're envisioning, you're envisioning the resurrected, glorified son of God with the marks of your redemption still in his body. And to make it even better, what does the Bible say? When they, when they pierced his side, blood and water poured out. And the Bible says still in Revelation, there is a river. There is a river flowing from the throne of God. And it's Jesus himself. There's a river of blood, a river of water flowing from the wounds on his brow, flowing from the stripes on his back. There is still blood flowing. There is still waters of life flowing and it's flowing to you, it's flowing to me. And that has to become so real on the inside of you. You have to envision it. You gotta, you gotta see it with the eyes of your spirit. You gotta see Christ the healer, see the wounds, let his wounds become more real to you than the pain in your body. Body. And when they do, that's when you are able to receive your healing. And so, um, so another thing, when, you, when you're starting to envision that, hopefully that begins to work up that resistance on the inside of you. Like, I should not be sick. If I'm redeemed, I should not be sick. And so, you know, Pastor Sandy read this scripture on Sunday night and it really stuck out to me. Um, Amos 6.1 says, Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. And you know, something that the Lord, even I think Monday night when I was trying to fall asleep, the Lord was just like stirring up in my spirit, this like anger towards like sickness and like anger. Because it really, you, woe unto them that are at ease. You cannot have a casual attitude towards sickness. And I like know so many Christians who are just like really casual about sickness. They're just like, mm, let me get my essential oils, which is fine. But it's like, mm, got the flu, let me get my essential oils, like whatever. Like you gotta hate this stuff, man. You know, you woe unto them that are at ease because you, you're not gonna be free from what you tolerate. You gotta hate this thing. And I'm not just making this up. Jesus hated sickness and disease. He actually hated it so much that he thought it necessary to come down from heaven, come down to earth and be beat 39 times to take it in our place. That's how much he hates sickness. He hates to see you in pain. He hates to see symptoms in your body. It makes him angry. He has an angry, violent attitude towards sickness and disease. And so that's the same hatred that we have to have in us. And it really, it only comes by building yourself in the word. Because the more of the word in you, the more you realize like, oh, I should hate this, you know? And so kind of a scripture I wanna read with that is Matthew 21. This is where Jesus was very angry at things being in the temple that shouldn't be in the temple. Okay, so Matthew 21 12 through 14, Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out the people who were buying and selling animals. And he knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs. And he said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The and then it says the blind and lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. So Jesus was very angry to see the thief in the temple. And we are, we are the temple now. We know that we are the temple. So Jesus was very angry that they had made it into a den of thieves. And the devil is the one who comes to steal your health, 
steal your joy, steal the blessing of God. So Jesus was so angry. And then in John two, when it tells this story, it says that he actually fashioned a whip. He made a whip and drove it out of the temple, which is the same thing he does with sickness and disease. The whip that, that he took stripes on his back, that whip is what drove sickness and disease out of our bodies. That whip, that, that anger, that thing that Jesus hates, whatever's in the temple that shouldn't be there, and it's driven out by that whip. And so it says in John 2, when they're telling this story, it says that um, his disciples remembered that it was written in the scriptures, zeal, the fervor of love for your house will eat me up. I will be consumed with jealousy for the honor of your house. So Jesus is consumed with a jealousy for the honor of your body. Jesus is consumed with jealousy for the honor of your body, meaning that he wants to be glorified in your body. He wants you to be healed, healthy, whole, strong, overcoming. That's what he wants. And he has a holy love, a, a, a fervent love and jealousy for your body. It says that your body was bought with a price. He bought your body with a price. So he is consumed with love for the honor of your body, that your body would be whole, healed, and strong. And so not only is he angry at sickness, but the Bible says that God delights in showing mercy, which, you know, mercy or compassion, that's what drove Jesus to heal people. It says that he was moved with compassion and he healed all the sick continuously says that in the gospels. So it's beyond God is willing. It's beyond the fact that God is willing to heal you. It's beyond the fact that God is willing that all are healed. It's way beyond that. God is delighted. God is delighted to heal people. God is so delighted that he couldn't even keep it only for the Jews. He opened it up for us Gentiles because he has such, he's so good, he's so merciful, and he's so compassionate that he just has to show mercy. He delights in showing mercy to us. It's his love, faith in how much he loves you that he's gonna give you your healing, that's gonna manifest your healing. And so we have to know that God is delighted to show us mercy. God is delighted to heal our body. And so it says, talking about Jesus in um, Hebrews 1.9, it says that Jesus loves justice and hates what is evil. So Jesus hates sickness, hates disease, hates this pandemic, and he loves justice. He loves when we're healed. And so, but what I kind of want to talk about with that is, so because Jesus loved justice and hated evil. It says, therefore God has anointed him. God anointed him. So when you begin to love healing and when you begin to hate sickness, God will anoint you above the others. God will anoint you with healing power above the others. I don't know about y'all, but as young adults, we want to walk in the healing power of God. Not only do I want to be healed, but everywhere I go, people should be getting healed. I'm trying to carry the healing power of God. And if you love people, I know that, you know, we all are. We want to carry the healing power of God. So what does it say to do? Love justice. Hate what is evil. You got to hate that thing. You got to hate what's afflicting your generation. You have to have a hatred and a resistance towards it. And God said, when you do, then I will anoint you above your fellows. I will anoint you and pour out the oil of my anointing on you more than anyone else. God is looking for whose heart is right in this area so that he can pour out his anointing upon us. And so as you continue to, to resist, 
you resist, you hate what is evil, you confess the word, then God begins to anoint you. And this is the best part. This is another great scripture to, to confess over yourself. So his anointing, and y'all probably know the scripture, Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power and he went around doing good, healing all that were being oppressed by the devil. So when you're anointed, it breaks every oppression of the devil. And so you can boldly say, when you get the word on the inside of you, that's when you boldly rise up and say, I am anointed with fresh oil. His anointing makes me strong, strong enough to outrun a king's chariot, strong enough to do things that are a sign and a wonder to my generation, strong enough to do what God's called me to do. You know, the call of God requires supernatural health and supernatural strength. You can't do what God's called you to do if you're sick. You can't do what God's called you to do if you're weak in your body. So that's why he gave you his anointing. His anointing will make your body strong. It will affect every part of you. And so that's what we need to expect. That's what we need to, you know, because ultimately we can't bring the word down to what we experience. We have to bring ourselves up to the stature of the word. And this is what's available in the word and we're gonna have it. We're gonna have it. If the Bible says there was not one sick, not one feeble among them, that's gonna be our portion. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.